You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Hopefully you've had an opportunity to recover from Christmas. More importantly, hopefully you've had an opportunity to recover from the Thunder's loss in Houston yesterday. And we will talk about all the overreaction coming up here on Locked on Thunder to yesterday's loss. And there are four dates I always look at in the NBA which are really bad to lose because you're under a microscope. People tend to blow things out of proportion and that's exactly what happened with Oklahoma City yesterday and their loss to Houston. Where people are on the overreaction, what maybe they have right about Oklahoma City and a look ahead to the next few games for the Thunder and where they've got an opportunity to not only make up for that loss against Houston and against the Minnesota Timberwolves but ultimately issue a statement to everybody who is throwing them under the bus today and worried about what they can and cannot accomplish in the playoffs. Plus, in that first segment, we'll talk about some big-time overreaction to the Lakers' win over GSW. In segment number two, there is another typical reaction we always talk about with Oklahoma City and a reaction that I've even had here on this podcast, and maybe I've got too much faith in Sam Presti to get this particular problem corrected with Oklahoma City, but it was something that was said on ESPN today that kind of set me off as to what the Thunder can accomplish in the playoffs and why I think this particular issue may not be as big a problem as uh, Jay Will was pointing out today. And then finally, we'll wrap things up talking about Russell Westbrook's future in the NBA how he's reinventing himself, and who does Slam Magazine thinks deserves a shot at the MVP from the Oklahoma City Thunder? Is it Paul George? Is it Russell Westbrook? You can probably already tell by the tease who it is, but I'll tell you why they got it right in segment number three. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I've covered the Thunder now for almost five and a half years. I am a credentialed member of the media. If you like what you hear, and I really hope you do, and I would think you do if you're listening to this podcast, you can always subscribe at LockedOnThunder.com or at LockedOnPodcast.com. This is also a very easy podcast to get, especially if you just got that new smart speaker for Christmas. All you have to do is say, Alexa, Play the Locked on Thunder podcast or hey Google, play the Locked on Thunder podcast and then it will appear right there in your in your speaker, sometimes in stereo, sometimes in mono. It just kind of depends on where we record. And not that maybe you can really tell the difference because it's a spoken word podcast, but it's something I like to point out because I am a music freak and an, an audio freak and I, I love old 60s mono albums. So I just like to point that out. Sometimes I recorded mono. Okay, let's jump into the reaction to the Thunder's loss to the Houston Rockets yesterday as James Harden scores 41 points and makes a case again for MVP. Took a while for Paul George to get going yesterday and now everybody's freaking out because the Thunder lost on Christmas. And there are a few dates you never want to lose if you're an NBA team because these these dates tend to cause most NBA fans to go nuts 
or I would say average NBA fans go nuts and shows that don't normally concentrate on the association, they concentrate more on the NFL, they're overreacting as well. First is opening night. You never want to lose on opening night because everybody automatically assumes when you do, you're going 0-82. You never want to lose on Christmas because it's the NBA's highlight day where they have they have essentially taken control of Christmas Day and it's an honor to play on Christmas Day and it says that you're one of the featured teams in the NBA and obviously if you lose, you don't deserve the honor to play on Christmas. Then there's right before the All-Star break because everybody panics that that's a sign of things to come after the All-Star break and it's that first game out of the All-Star break which everybody also assumes is a sign of things to come in the next few games. And I can't go there. Thunder lost yesterday. Playing on Christmas is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Does it suck that the Thunder lost and the Rockets didn't have Chris Paul and the Rockets don't play very well without Chris Paul? Yes. But you had an extraordinary game from James Harden. You're also facing a Rockets team whose backs are much more against the wall than Oklahoma City's backs are against the wall. You saw Billy Donovan doing some experimentation yesterday, uh, putting in Abdul Nader instead of Patrick Patterson during key moments of the game. And I don't want, there's no easy answer. We've said this all year long. There's no easy answer on how the Thunder are going to correct that problem at four other than Sam Presti going out and making a trade and bolstering that position. And one of the guys we've talked about is Jabari Parker, who is still with the Chicago Bulls, at least the last time I checked, he's with the Chicago Bulls. He hasn't been moved. Sam Presti could make that move to get him. There are other guys, and it's just a matter of feeling things out. And we've seen the Thunder do this before. This is the other thing that kills me about losing that game last night. We've seen the Thunder limp along at positions before and then figure it out later in the season, which is something that I expect to have happen with Sam Presti. And... No, there's absolutely no doubt that Patrick Patterson is a disappointment. Personally, if you have already decided that Patrick Patterson can't give you any more than what he's got and you're going to run Abdul Nader out there like you did against Houston on Christmas Day, then go ahead and, and start running him a little bit more. See if he's the guy. I would have no problem with that at all. You got to see what he can give you and if you determine that he's not the dude then you figure out a way to get rid of Patrick Patterson and bring someone else in. But that's, that's I, I don't know if yesterday was necessarily the direction or the start down that path that maybe Billy Donovan and Sam Presti have discussed, but I would think that that is an ongoing topic of conversation between those two and that Sam was definitely in the loop on Billy's decision so Billy could kind of make mental notes of it yesterday. I also thought yesterday there was some really good that happened yesterday. Maybe not so much for the Thunder, but sometimes for for us as Thunder fans, as we get so focused on this particular team, we had a chance to watch the rest of the NBA. You had a chance to watch Golden State lose to a Los Angeles Lakers team in which LeBron James got hurt and wasn't able to finish, and the Lakers just played above their heads in order to win that game. And now because the Lakers have beaten Golden State without LeBron James for a portion of that game, there are people already penciling them in in the Western Conference Finals. Don't, nah, not so fast. Tap the brakes on that. It was one game. 
And you have to remember that the NBA playoffs aren't a one-and-done situation. And I don't know why people forget this. I don't know why smart people who have watched the NBA their entire career forget that the NBA isn't one-and-done in the playoffs. This isn't the NCAA tournament. They're seven-game series. And what I see from this Los Angeles Lakers team, while they are better than what I thought they were going to be, I still don't have any confidence that for two seven-game series, this particular roster is going to be able to win eight games. Maybe one, you might win four, but I don't see you getting past the second round of the playoffs right now if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. And there are teams below them and obviously teams ahead of them in the Western Conference that that I think would beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. It's just, it's too much of an overreaction because who they beat was the defending world champions. And talk about Oklahoma City being under the microscope. I Steve Kerr was smart, yet Steve Kerr's been saying this all year long, that what happened in 73 wins, that's an anomaly. What you get now is the real NBA and the and the Golden State Warriors are playing in the real NBA and the Thunder are playing in the real NBA where you're going to lose the teams that you're better than. Sometimes you're going to lose back-to-back. Sometimes you're going to lose three in a row. Sometimes you're only going to be five and five in your last 10, which is where Oklahoma City is. And you just have to figure out how to make it work because essentially all you're doing over an 82-game schedule and James Harden, I mean, this everybody, like everything that 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 those of us that, that cover the NBA for all 82 games say, James Harden said yesterday, Steve Kerr said yesterday, what did James Harden say yesterday? It's all about working towards the playoffs. You want to be playing your best basketball when April comes around, not in December, not in January, not in February. So I'm not really worried about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then I get that this is a long way to say that I'm not worried about the Thunder, but I'm really not. It's back-to-back losses, and yeah, they're only 500 in their last 10, but also they're one game above 500 on the road. They're above 500 at home. They're only one game out of first place. And looking at the schedule ahead, four of the next five are on the road. If in the next five games you can come out three and two, you're a pretty good basketball team because there are some tough games in there. One, you've got that stretch where you're playing the night, the 30th and New Year's Eve against the Dallas Mavericks. That's not going to be easy. You play them you know, in back-to-back games, which is sort of a playoff situation. You're going out to Phoenix to play the Suns on Friday. That's a game that you should win by, by all accounts because the Suns seem to have thrown in the towel on their season. Also coming up in the next few games for the Oklahoma City Thunder, there are dates with San Antonio. There's a back-to-back like you have with Dallas. There's a couple of dates with the Lakers that are mixed in there. Um, Only a few Eastern Conference teams are we going to see Oklahoma City play in the next few. You've got Atlanta coming up, Philadelphia, and the Knicks should win two or three of those. And what will inevitably happen is you'll see the Thunder probably lose a couple of games they shouldn't win some games against some good competition, and as you get towards the middle of January, I think everybody's going to be feeling good about this team. And let's not forget, think about where this team was last year. And all of us were scratching our heads trying to figure out how Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook couldn't seemingly fit together. And I said prior to last year, I said, do not, don't be surprised if they start out slow. 
Well, the Thunder have gotten off to a much better start than we thought they were going to be. They're ahead of where they were last year. All things are pointing good. You're doing it without Andre Robertson, your defensive specialist. And you're also doing it with major questions coming from off-the-bench scoring. And you're doing it with major questions in, on who's going to be Jeremy Grant's backup. I The Thunder are in, are in much more phenomenal shape then people give them credit for. And to just see how everybody reacted to one loss, one loss. Yes, I know it's it's back-to-back losses, but one loss was, it was a little alarming. Um, I, I don't think I would have been alarmed had the reaction really come from Thunder fans who I still think have a college football mentality, but it, it was more the national pundits where I'm just like, man, dude, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this edge of the world. Things are all falling apart. That's maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the nutso here. Um, and if you want to call me nuts, do so at Locked On Thunder on Twitter. My name's Eric G. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. And coming up next here on LOT, there is a big issue. We've already touched on it a little bit with Oklahoma City, but why I do think it's one that they'll be able to work around for a while. And how do you get it fixed before the playoffs? It's all coming up here on the Locked On Thunder podcast. Feliz Años Nuevos from the Locked On Podcast Network. If you've not heard Locked On Sooners yet, hey, this is a great time to get in on Locked On Sooners as OU gets ready to play Alabama in the upcoming Orange Bowl for the college football playoff and a right to play for the national championship. All you have to do is get that new smart speaker you've got, be it Google or Alexa. Say, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast or, hey, Google, Play Locked On Sooners podcast. It's there. Then you can subscribe. You can get notifications in your inbox when the new podcast comes around. And you can check out all the other Locked On podcasts via that new smart speaker or at LockedOnPodcast.com. And there's a specific webpage dedicated to Locked On Thunder. We call it LockedOnThunder.com where all the ar- ar- all the podcasts are archived. Plus, we've got video and audio from players and coaches. It's just a great way to stay in touch. That's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Old arguments with the Oklahoma City Thunder are rearing their head again, and one of them is is that the Thunder don't have enough shooting to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I protest. I protest that. And I protest that the Thunder don't have enough shooting to at least piecemeal their way together for the next few weeks before Sam Presti has an opportunity to make a change sometime before midseason. And and we know that we know Sam is going to do something. It's hard to believe that Sam Presti won't at least put somebody on the Thunder whom he thinks can can help them in one regard or another, be it shooting or be able to play a power forward. And who knows? Maybe you can maybe you can kill two birds with one stone if you're Sam Presti and you're really savvy, which he's turned out to be. Do they have enough? Do they have enough shooting to beat Golden State in a seven-game series? No, but I would ask you who in the Western Conference really does have enough shooting to beat Golden State in a seven-game series. But could they beat? Could they beat Denver in a seven-game series? That one I'm a little skeptical of. If the Thunder end up getting them in in round number two, and I think it's not even so much shooting 
or lack thereof. It's just that Denver's got a really good inside game. Steven Adams would have his hand full, or hands full that entire series, and that I don't like. Um, although he's probably going to have his hands full no matter who he plays against, and certainly did yesterday against Clint Capella. Um, but who in the Western Conference, other than those two teams? And like, I'm, I'm being dead serious here. And I realize that the whole NBA media circus is in love with the Los Angeles Lakers now after one win yesterday. But, but just answer me this. Who in the Western Conference really scares you as a Thunder fan right now. And it's been a very long time since I could say this. I mean, I've got to go back to the last year that Kevin Durant was here or the year before when I looked at that team and said, yeah, they're talented enough to beat anybody in the Western Conference in a seven-game series. And matchup-wise, you know, they may not do it, but there's nobody that I fear is going to run them out of a series. And San Antonio, the year before that, Serge getting hurt, that turned out to be <laughs> that turned out to be a little bit that turned out to be a little bit tougher than I thought because I thought the Thunder would actually win that series, but this is where I am with Oklahoma City and it's not being too overconfident, but other than Golden State and Denver, nobody worries me in a seven-game series. I believe the Thunder just have that much more talent than everybody that they're going to face. And yes, the Lakers have LeBron James. And yes, for one game, I would love to see the Lakers in a seven-game series without LeBron James. Honestly, look at that roster. How long do you think they last in a seven-game series if LeBron James is really hurt? I'll give you a hint. Five max. Six if they're really lucky, which means they win a whopping two games against somebody that's seated below them. Even with LeBron James, I still like the Thunder in a seven-game series because you have Russell Westbrook, you have Paul George, you have Jeremy Grant and Steven Adams. And I get it. You've got an experienced Rajon Rondo. You've got some young players who are coming along and you've got a few guys on the Lakers that may have possibly surprised us. But I'm not... I would not be overly scared if the Thunder played them. I wouldn't be overly scared if the Thunder played, I don't know, maybe the Kings kind of worry me. But the Thunder did beat them last go around. Um, but Portland, the Clippers, like any of those teams, give me a seven-game give me a seven game series with anybody in the Western Conference and I think the Thunder take them down. And I'm not trying to be a homer here. I'm not trying to pump sunshine. More than anything, I'm just trying to relax you off of what happened yesterday and James Harden's performance. And I have to think that James Harden yesterday had an opportunity to prove why he deserves to be in the MVP talk every year. And even though Paul George had sort of surged ahead in the MVP talk and was building momentum, and Giannis was playing on Christmas Day, and then you had KD and LeBron and Steph Curry playing in another game, James Harden, let's make no mistake about it, for as much as, as the Rockets were a team that really need to focus and win over these next few games and get it turned around so they can be that team that everybody thought they were going to be, James Harden does not like being left out of the MVP conversation. And yesterday was a perfect opportunity for him on national television to get himself back into the bulk of it. Does it ultimately help him win the MVP this year? No. But I don't think Paul George is going to win it either. I think right now, if I had to bet, it would be Giannis, 
and LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I still think if Anthony Davis plays with New Orleans all year long, there's a very good chance he can get it. I also think that Anthony Davis, if legacy is what he's all about, then New Orleans is where he needs to stay. But hey, it's not my career, it's his. And Anthony, I wish you the best of luck. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll close things out talking about the reinvention of Russell Westbrook or what we're watching now from Russell or what we're seeing now. Is that the reinvention of Russell Westbrook? Did he take a page out of Vince Carter's playbook? We'll talk about that here on Locked on Thunder. Don't forget about Locked On Sooners, which is published as well, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's available on Alexa, on Google. Remember, Alexa, play the Locked On Sooners podcast. Hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. You can also go to LockedOnPodcast.com. You can subscribe on Apple iTunes. There's Spotify, there's Stitcher, and I believe there's another place that we've got these podcasts. I don't know if I can say it or not. I think I said it on a previous podcast and sort of got in trouble for it, so I'm not putting it out there now in case they're not already on, but there's several places to get the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Russell Westbrook still averaging a triple-double. Yeah, I'm sure you know that, and it is what most people would call a good triple-double. 11 rebounds per game, 10 assists, and 20 points. That's pretty awesome. Those aren't exactly what I would call typical Russell Westbrook numbers. Usually you see those numbers up a little higher in in at least two or three of those categories being rebounds and, and points. But I think what we're seeing out of Russell Westbrook this year is the reinvention of Russell Westbrook or Russell Westbrook reinventing himself as much as he possibly can. Because Russ is always going to be a ball-dominant player. Russ is always going to be a guy that looks to score first. That's just who he is. And it's ridiculous to ask a Tiger to try and change his stripes because dudes just can't do it. Not all guys can do it. However, we are seeing Russell get his teammates more involved. And and what what we're watching here is not just a guy who is talking, you know quieting his critics who don't think he can be a good good team player. What we are also watching with Russell Westbrook is sort of the reinvention of himself because what Russell inherently understands is that he's not going to be able to play the way that he always plays for a very long period of time. I mean, you're much better off being a Dirk Nowitzki or Kevin Durant if you're going to have a very long career in the NBA. Just shooting be your thing. Not so much the explosiveness and the athleticism, but that's, you know, Russell Westbrook. But I I look at him now, more assists, getting his teammates more involved, giving it up to Alex Sabrinas for a couple of shots, which we need to touch on Alex Sabrinas here in just a couple of seconds. Thank you um, for reminding me of that. But with Russell Westbrook, I think he looked at Vince Carter and he sees Vince Carter who played really explosive through the bulk of his career, and now has figured out a way to stay in the NBA by becoming more of a three-point shooter, and every once in a while, you see Vinsanity show up. 
as Russell Westbrook gets older, expect his numbers to what you are seeing now. Expect them to pretty much stay that way through the rest of his career. I think the three point, I think the free throw percentage will go up. Um, some adjustments in the free throw rules, I think, kind of hurt Russell Westbrook. But ultimately, he'll figure it out. He'll get more relaxed at the line, and and that'll go up. But the assist, watch the assists and the rebounds pretty much stay the same. And watch Russell Westbrook let his teammates get more involved. And that's sort of Russell's way of reinventing himself so he can hang around the NBA a little longer and not rely so much strictly on athletic ability. Alex Sabrinas out yesterday because of illness. And earlier this year, he did suffer illness, suffered a lot of illness. Um, My aunt and I were actually talking about this yesterday uh, during Christmas. And you got to kind of wonder what's going on with Alex Sabrinas. Why is this guy constantly sick? Um, what what are the health issues there? Hopefully, it's just nothing more than some uh, c- catching a couple of unfortunate bugs twice in a particular season. But when I see a guy who is a professional athlete who has the health care that Alex Sabrinas has access to, and believe me, the Thunder have incredible health care that they've got access to, and I see them get sick, I worry. I honestly do worry about immune systems breaking down before they should um, and wondering what he's what he's doing as far as maybe not taking care of himself the way that he should be taking care of himself. Talk about overreaction. On my part, I hope this is all overreaction. But it just strikes me that when professional athletes get sick with all they have access to, that it even remotely happens. Hoping nothing but the best for Alex Sabrinas, and this is just a minor setback that he's having this particular season. But yeah, that's something that I think is worth keeping an eye on through the rest of the season to see what's going on with him. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow, which is a Thursday. We'll talk a little bit more about the Thunders game with the Phoenix Suns. No Thunder media availability today. Everybody's got the day off for Christmas. And we didn't talk about this today. Did not get to this today, but we have to get to this tomorrow. We have to talk about what the Thunder did for their for the team members, for the for the organization members on Christmas Day, and why that signals some bells and whistles going off for everybody else in the NBA, especially players. It's the Locked On Thunder podcast, and I am Eric G. Saying, hope you and your family had a merry Christmas. Hope you are having a fantastic ending of the year everybody love everybody peace love and thunder up you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day